Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to start um, on something um, new tonight. Um, I pray that what we have went over so far has helped everybody to understand tithes and offering and really understand the heart of God when it comes to giving. Because everything that um, I bring forth in Clem School is really the heart of God. It's God's way of doing things. Is um, So if that's God's way of doing things, then we should do things the way that God does things. Amen? And the closer that we get to God, the more we recognize and come to know what God does. So I don't know about you, but I'm excited every time God is bringing something to the body of Christ so all of us can be on one accord. And I believe that's the problem in the body of Christ. You got a divided house. And a divided house will not stand. And the enemy knows that. And sometimes when we think we know, we have to humble ourselves and say, Lord, maybe it's more that you want to show me. Maybe it's something that I have not gotten revelation or illumination on. Shed light on everything that I get, God, and help me not to look at the person that's bringing it, but help me to open up my heart and receive what you're giving unto me. And we have to recognize that God used everybody differently. He does not use everybody the same. Everybody has a way of um, speaking. Everybody has a way of doing So you can't be so, I'm going to call it religious, or so thinking that you're so perfect that you don't miss a word when it comes to scripture, that you got it all down pat, that you analyze what people are saying and you miss what God wants you to have. I'm going to say, God is saying this for a reason. Sometimes we analyze too much with what people are giving you that we miss what God is saying to you because it's not the way you think you should have said it. That's arrogancy. That's a form of pride, meaning that you feel as if you bring it the way it should be brought, and the person that's bringing it is not bringing it the way that you think it should be brought or the way people should hear it. And when you're in that mode, you will go behind people and you will begin, this is what the enemy do because he's so subtle, He's so crafty. He's so deceitful. You'll go behind and you'll try to ease it in your way so you can be high and lifted up. And you're saying this is what God is saying. God is bringing this in here for some reason. And I have to be obedient when God is speaking because as soon as I start opening my mouth, he just start bringing it forward. And that's what we have to understand. God used everybody differently. So we cannot look at people and base it on how we would have brought it. Or this is the way it should have been. Now, if they're bringing error, we correct error with truth. But we do not try to go in when we don't have no revelation. Because when you don't have no revelation and you're just reading what's written, you're not getting revelation off of it or illumination. You may not get what they're getting. Because in the Bible, it talks about Paul. Paul didn't spend the time that the disciples spent or the other apostles with Jesus. He wasn't there with him walking naturally. But when Paul took time aside and when he began to, um, the scriptures began to, to give him revelation and illumination, even Peter says some things that Paul's saying is hard to understand. But he knew Paul was speaking truth. Peter knew that Paul was different from him. So when God is bringing you this word, God is bringing you the word the way God has given it to me for you. So you can go home and meditate on this word and God know you. So he's going to give it to you based on your understanding. Because everybody don't comprehend or understand the same way. So don't think you got some new revelation and it's better than what somebody else is doing because it stood out to you more. Yeah, it's going to stand out to you more when God illuminated. When he bring light to it, it's going to be like, wow, I never heard it like this before. Wow. And then you start putting you in that. God is not about that. It's all about him and his word. So at times back up and say, God, am I trying to make this about me? Or am I trying to have you glorified through me? So we have to stop and see. But tonight what I want to talk about, I want to talk about church government. And I think this is a good subject and Clem, what y'all are learning is so good because it's teaching you how God has orchestrated or how God want his churches to be. 
And if you take these principles that God is giving you through me and you use them and you share them with other people, all of us can get on one accord. God patterns don't change. And people are changing God's way of doing things to fit into what they want done, but it's not the way God intended for it to be. So when I'm talking about church government, I'm going to go over what government is in the natural. But there is government for the houses of God, the churches of God, the way God wants us to be ran in the churches. So we're going to go over that as well. But first of all, I'm going to talk about um, what government is. And the definition is, and I got this out of the dictionary, the group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state, the group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state, the people who control a country, region, or city and make decisions about its laws and taxes. I gave you two. Let me say it again. The group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state, the people who control a country, region, or city, and make decisions about its laws and taxes. That's what government is. And we have to have a government, because if we don't have government, everything around us would be in chaos, it would be in rebellion, it would have a bunch of lawlessness, people will want to do things the way they think they need to be done. And God reminded me of a scripture of how, you know, man tried to do things outside of the way that God ordained them or God wanted to be done. And that scripture comes from Proverbs fourteen twelve, which says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are a lot of ways that seem right to us. It seems as if that's the way it should be. But God has already orchestrated. He's already set up the things the way he know they should be. So when we're thinking that we're right, that's when we need to go to God, Elohim, the one who created everything. And we need to say, God, this is my way of thinking, but is this your way of doing? So we have to make sure that we're lining up with what God will have us to do. And if we do that, then guess what? We're walking the way God would have us to walk, his way of doing things. So you see that we need government, y'all. We need government because, like I said, if, we're, if we don't have um, government, we'll have chaos, we'll have rebellion, we'll have people walking in lawlessness. And we have to look at how the government is set up. How many realize that if we did not have a police department, where would we be? And in that police department, you have... Um, the chief, you have them high, then they come up in ranks, right? So God always set things in ranks. Have y'all noticed that? That's how he orchestrated heaven. Things things are coming down in ranks. You're going to have the big dog up here in, in the police department. So you know that he's over everything. And then they have somebody under him. So it's different ranks. But it's laws that we have to go by in the land. How many know if you run a stop sign and get caught, what's going to happen? Now, let me ask you a question. This question may sound stupid, but it's the truth. Some people may think it's stupid because this is what you do. How many people know if they say don't run a stop sign, it means don't run a stop sign? How many people know if you run a stop sign, stop sign and you get caught for running that stop sign? Why are you going to ask why are you giving me a ticket? That's stupid. That, that is, that's not ignorant. Because I believe all of us that get licensed know that they ask you, what is this sign? (laughs) We answer it to get licensed, right? So if you see stop, what do it mean? It don't mean go. So if a cop stop you and you asking him, why did you stop me? You ran the stop sign. That's a law. That's what we supposed to go by, right? And if we're speeding and we get caught, why do we begin to pray in tongues? Say the favor of the Lord is on me. The favor surrounds me like a shield. We all do it. And we're Christians, right? We're up under the, nobody don't want to talk about this. These are the things that need to be talked about. Why do we think we're better? Because we're saved, we're saved. Why do we think we're supposed to have, oh, oh, hold it. 
I'm hearing this in my ear. Well, you know, sometimes we're not even aware that we're speeding apostle. So that's why sometimes I may be praying for favor. Or that might be some time where I'm thinking I shouldn't get a ticket because I wasn't aware of it. Okay, I give you that one. But how many know when a car is going faster than it need to be? Have you ever been riding with somebody and you know it's, it's over the speed limit? You know that you're going faster than you should be going and sometimes you take your eye and go to make sure you're not going over this. And how many know the Holy Spirit checks you? How many know that the Holy Spirit says, slow down? This is what happens. But these are laws that we're supposed to go by. We have to have these laws because if we did not, can you imagine everybody on the highway doing what they want to do and to be accident after accident after accident? How about when they put signs up, slippery when wet? Why do they put those signs up? To warn you about the road. So when you have an accident, you won't sue nobody because they done told you and you act like you didn't know. Well, I didn't see that. <laughs> Why are you speeding when it's raining? Like you, when it says slow down, they even put signs up that tell you don't go over this speed because of the rain. Anybody see those signs? Man, I don't even drive and I see them. So that's government. So we have to have some authorities over us rule over us to tell us what we should do and what we should not do. Are we in agreement? These are the laws of the land. Do we neglect the law of the land because we're safe? No. And this is where we're going tonight. Go with me to Romans, the 13th chapter. And I'll be reading verses 1 through verse 8. Now, we're not going to let condemnation get nobody in here tonight. I'm feeling guilty or wrong because all of us do go over the speed limit sometimes. But when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say, slow it down. We need to be obedient, don't we? Because some of us can't go past, um, some of us have to go 80 and 90 to say we're driving. Right? 55 ain't no more. Even on the main highway. I 40, they give you what? 70. We can't, 70 ain't good enough now. It got to be 80. You got to go with the flow, right? Is that not true? If I ain't driving about 80 or 90, I'm not driving. Because that's what my foot is used to. So this is what the world says. So we, we try to keep up with what the world is doing. But when they make these laws, they make them for a reason, right? So in Romans... 13 verse 1 through 8 I'm reading out the expanded Bible it says all of you must yield that mean obey submit submit be subject to the government rulers authorities everybody get that all of you must yield obey submit be subject to the government rulers authorities because for no one rules there is no authority unless God has given him the power to rule Except by through God and no one rules now without that power from God. Those that exist are appointed, established by God. Do y'all get that? So these authorities, these governments and stuff that we have, guess what? These things were set up by who? By God. Because we have to have earthly what? Government. So these are things that are ordained and set up by God. These are laws of what? The land. Where do you think some men got these laws of the land? Some of them made up some stuff themselves. But there are authorities that are over us and we're supposed to obey those that are in authority. Is that not right? We're supposed to do this. So we have to understand that this is given to them by God. Verse 2. So those who are against the government rebel. Resist the authority are really against resisting, opposing what God has commanded, ordained, or instituted. When we resist the authorities, then it says that we are opposing what God has commanded, ordained, or instituted. And they will bring punishment, judgment on themselves. For those who do right good do not have to fear the rulers. Y'all get it? Why would I fear a cop or a state trooper if I'm not doing nothing wrong. 
going to look over there at my husband. When I'm riding with my husband, I always be looking at his speed. So if I see a cop far off, what's the first thing I tell you, honey? Because I obey. Not saying that my husband don't always obey, but that's just who I am. My husband says, every time you see a cop, or every time you see something, you act like something is just wrong. It is. Y'all don't know? It ain't that I'm scared of them, but I know their authority. I know what they have a right to do. And ain't no excuse for us to get upset with the ones that are in authority when we're out of doing what we're supposed to do. I remember when I got my tags for my car. This was several years ago. And I had gotten the tags and I put them in my glove box and I was going to put those tags on. So one day I was going home and the blue light come on me. I parked the car, pulled over, parked the car, got the little sticker out. He came over by me. I said, this is what you want, right? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, I will put it on my car. Already knew I was wrong. So why would I look in his face and say, why did you stop me? Already knew why he stopped me. Some of us are so full of pride, are so full of anger, that anybody that's in authority that say something to you, you think you got rule over them. That ain't what scripture says. So we have to honor those that are in authority over us because they have rule over us. On your job, you have people that are over you, that have rule over you. You don't just talk to them any kind of way because you feel like they're wrong. If they haven't told you to jump out of a window, you have to obey what they say. And if you feel like they're wrong, you need to talk to God and ask God to change their heart. But as long as they got ruling authority over you, you're supposed to be subject unto them. No matter how bad it make you feel. Y'all, we got to stay in alignment with what the word of God says. You may hate it, but this is what we're supposed to do. And they're unsaved folk. But God said those that have rule over you, you're supposed to stay in line. Why do we think just because we save and got an unsaved boss that we're supposed to cut the fool and act like we over them? You don't do that. And when you have a saved boss, you should give them more respect. Not unless they're doing, telling you to do something outside of the word. But God gave these laws for us. He said, those that are in authority over you, we're supposed to submit to them. We're supposed to obey them. Do you know what we say? I don't submit to nobody. You don't submit to God then. Because this is what the words say. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Some of us may not say it with our mouth, but inside, we're upset. Because we don't want to hear what they got to say. Because we feel like they are wrong. And they're not going to tell me. And we don't do that, y'all. This is not who we are. We go by what God tell us to do. And that's what kills the flesh. Because when the flesh want to cut up, flesh don't want to hear truth. Flesh want to be right. But we don't do that. Because whoever has rule over us, we humble ourselves. It don't make no difference if you know they're lying. You still humble yourself with that boss or whoever's over you. And you say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Now, you may be mad. But then you, that's when you go into prayer and you say, Father, you know that wasn't me. But you don't stand in their face and say, you bald-faced liar. How dare you tell me I done, I know what I did. Who do you think you are? Fired, that's who you are. People have the audacity to think that they can go on these jobs and tell people what they're not going to do. Shall we see la for a minute? Let me read this again. We're going to get this one. All of you must yield, obey, submit, be subject to the government, rulers, authorities, 
No one rules unless God has given him the power to rule. And no one rules now without that power from God. So those who are against the government, rebel, resist the authority, are really against resisting opposing what God has commanded, ordained, instituted. And they will bring punishment, judgment on themselves. Those who do right do not have to fear the rulers. Only those who do wrong, evil, fear them. Do you want to be unafraid of rulers, authority? Then do what is right. Do what's good and they will praise, commend you. The ruler is God's servant to help you for your good. If you do wrong, then be afraid. He has the power to punish For he does not bear the sword in vain. He's God's servant to punish and avenger for God's wrath to those who do wrong. So you must yield, submit, be subject to government, not only because you might be punished, but because you know it's right. Man, ain't that awesome? Y'all, this is the word. This is what the word is saying. When you know you're right, what's the point of fussing over it that's your boss sooner or later that boss is going to come back to you and apologize and i'll give you an example i'll be the example when i was um working at the hospital i remember that um my boss was giving me the evaluation this was the same man that they gave my position and i had to work up under this man so y'all that was a test so he called me in for an evaluation and He said, oh, yeah, you do good, except you leave your desk too much. I said, excuse me? You be on your breaks too long. I'm like, excuse me, I'm pregnant. I have to go to the bathroom, so I can't go to the bathroom now. So he's saying, well, I'm just telling you, you know, what what they're saying you're doing. Next thing I know, I bowed up and say, are they telling you that the cashier is at the desk sleep and you watching her sleep? How did you evaluate her? All of a sudden, I took the evaluation. She said, you're going to sign us? I'm not signing nothing. I got hot, y'all. I went back to my desk, and as soon as I sat down, all of a sudden, a humbleness and a submissive spirit just come upon me, and I stopped, and I prayed, and I said, God, I can't even answer, not unless you give me the answer. I don't even know how to answer. And the Lord began to tell me what to write on that evaluation. And this is what he told me to do. After I turned in that evaluation, it was time to go home. When I got home and the Lord was talking, he said, when you go back, you apologize to him because he's in rule over you. I'm like, huh? He said, you apologize to him for you acting out because that's not who you are. Next day. Both of us met right there in the middle of the hall. He said, man, I, I need to talk to you. I said, excuse me, may I, may I talk with you first? And I looked at him because I turned in my evaluation at the end of the day. And I said, I am so sorry. I had no right to come at you the way I did. That was wrong. That was disrespectful. And it's not for me to call out what nobody else is doing in this office. And I ask you for forgiveness. He looked at me. He said, when I read what you wrote on that paper, I tore up your evaluation, and I rewrote your evaluation. It ain't on you. It's on me. Y'all cannot tell me that God won't intervene on your behalf. If you get in a humbling state, quit blaming it on your boss and go to the word of God and do what the word of God says, and God will handle your boss. He will give you what to say, and I don't care how bad they treat you. When you humble yourself, don't you know your father's in heaven and he already know what the outcome is going to be. So he's going to give you the answer because my Bible says if you call on him, he will answer you and he will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So we need to quit making it about us and we need to make it about him. Wherever we are, we need to say, God, I got to deny this flesh. Because this flesh don't like nobody telling me what to do. This was born in us, y'all. We were born to have dominion. This is the way God created us. He created us with the spirit of dominion. So guess what? When we got turned over to Satan through Adam, 
Guess what? Then we still had that in us through who? The God of this world. He want control. But God's control is different from the enemy's control. So we have to understand that no matter which way somebody come at us, we got to be in such a submissive state that we recognize that's not me no more. That's not who I serve. Yes, God, I'm hurting right now. Yes, God, I feel like a curse word is getting ready to come up and come out. But God, you already know me. You know me better than I know myself. So Holy Spirit, I need your help in this place. Because I can't do this no more. And I guarantee you, if you humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due season. Do anybody think that if you cannot go on a job and submit to their authority because their authority comes from God, how is you going to get behind a pulpit and try to tell somebody else to do something you ain't never done? So many people want to preach. But you can't go on a normal, uh, a normal job and submit. God watch you. See, God had to put me in a place to test me, to prove me, to see how I'm going to handle situations. Not only on my job, but in my home, submitting to my husband. Learning how to handle to be submissive all the way around. It's easy to tell somebody, oh, I love God. Hallelujah. God is so good. Then you go home and curse out your husband. Or you go home and tell him, cook your own food. Ain't your mama? Wash your own clothes. What you going to do for me? What have you done for me lately? Then you come to church and you tell people how good God is. And we're out of line. Isn't this good? Because we want to do so much. I haven't even got to the church yet. Wait till we get there. Because guess what? We should know how we are in the church. How can you submit to me and can't submit to your boss? We got to submit all the way around. You know what some people say? Because you ain't like my boss. But you got God on your side. And if you got God on your side, no matter how nasty your boss may be, you got to roll him over. And if you see yourself in the middle of the floor like you rolling in a, um, what you call it, bowling ball. I'm rolling him over. Every day you going to work. Hallelujah. Rolling him over. God, this is yours. This is not mine. God, I can't do this. I'm telling you, y'all, I'm a witness. He'll help you. He will help you. I have been up on the bosses that have thrown me to the wolves. In a meeting, I'm sitting there. And they know what had happened wasn't my fault. And I knew what had not happened was not my fault. And they sat there and let those people talk about me like I wasn't even sitting there and would not even take up for me. And I'm sitting there taking all of this stuff from a whole table full of men saying, you ain't doing your job. And we bringing in 800000 a month and a woman with several degrees couldn't even get 800000 a month. And they're telling me, you ain't doing, she ain't doing her job. You need to let her go. And he knew I was doing my job and wouldn't defend me. And I'm sitting there just as quiet. And I remember I went to a minister and I was telling the minister what was going on. You know, this minister had a nerve to tell me every time I went to this man, he was on the board. Just be a lady. I said, how much of a lady do I have to be? Just be a lady. Just be a lady. God's got it. So what he was telling me to do, don't show yourself. Just humble yourself. That's what he was telling me. So I remember I took it, I took it, I took it. I would talk to God, I would talk to God. And I remember one meeting we went to, and my boss was sitting there, and they started pouncing on me again. This man grabbed my hand and placed his hand on top of mine. He said, I would not have no other director except the one I got, and she is doing her job. I said, look at Jesus. Whole table shut down. Y'all, let me tell y'all something. The problem with the church is you trying to do God's job. 
You want people to see you. But they got they, they don't need to see you. They need to see the God in you. You got to let God that's in you come out of you instead of letting flesh rule. We're human. We all get upset. I get upset. But I have a helper on the inside of me that'll bring me to a calm. And let me know, this is what I want you to say. This is what I want you to do. But when stubbornness rare up in us, we'll let a person suffer before we say anything. Let them stew in it. I'm going to teach them not to mess with me. That ain't God. Or we'll turn away from people that are in authority. I'm, I'm using me. When that guy took my position and the people in the office that the Lord used me in a way to help them get position, they talked about me, which I knew they did. They're going to come to my desk and ask me, we giving so-and-so and so-and-so, we giving, buying them something for Christmas. You want to put in? I sat there. I said, help me, Holy Ghost, done took my money, done took my position, and they're going to ask me to give him some money? They must be lost their mind. Soon as I thought it, the Holy Ghost said, bless those who curse you. Love those who, y'all, I was digging in that pocketbook so hard. I said, here, because I heard the Holy Ghost. And see, when you hear him speaking to you, you don't deny him. You do what he tell you to do. And by me doing what the Holy Ghost was telling me to do, if Jennifer Porter was here, she'd be my witness. The same man that took my position to get another position, he needed help in the office because he didn't know what to do with the accounts. I went in there, I said, can I be of assistance to you? Jennifer said, what is wrong with you? I said, this is what we're supposed to do. I wouldn't do it. That's what she said. I said, nope. This is what we're supposed to do. I sat there and helped that man. He said, they got my head on a platter, ready to chop it off. I said, well, come on. Let me show you how to do this. That's the God in me. God was raising me up to come behind this pulpit. I didn't know it then. But then after all of this stuff transpired and I left the job, this gentleman, he ended up, you know, not being on the job. He didn't get the position he thought he was going to get. But I remember I had called the hospital one day to take care of something. And this very man got hired back at the hospital. And he said, is this Amanda? And in my mind, I'm saying, who want to know? But it was him. He said, you remember me? So we started talking. He said, can I tell you something? Because of me looking at you on television, I have gotten through some things I never thought I would get through. He said, I didn't have nowhere to stay, me nor my son. He said, but when I started listening to you and hearing what God was doing, he said, I started standing. He said, when I applied for a position at this hospital thinking they weren't going to give it to me, I heard what you were saying and I got that position. And I want to thank you. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. The very people that do you wrong, they're going to meet up with you again. And your testimony for Jesus don't supposed to change. He don't change. He remains the same. So we have to honor those that are in authority over us and quit making it about us. If they tell you to sweep a floor 10 times and you know you done swept the floor and you don't see nothing else, sweep it. You getting paid to sweep it. You just getting tested. And then one day you'll come in and sweeping that floor feels so good. Because you've been talking to Jesus while you're sweeping that floor. And then the love of God began to shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. And everybody be watching you. And they said, if you can make it here, I know I can. So when I left that job, y'all, my very enemies was made my footstool. They were giving me money saying, what are we going to do now that you're gone? I say, you're going to do what I did when I was here. You're going to tell them about Jesus. And I had them all outside just waving at me. Some of them were so sad. But guess what? I left peace. If you don't leave peace where you leave, then you didn't leave God. 
God's supposed to be left at the place that you're leaving. You don't supposed to leave not even a church out of order. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to leave in peace. God is about peace. He's not about confusion. And if they've done you wrong, guess what? God will deal with them because he said, vengeance is mine. He said, I will repay, says the Lord. And do you know how God deal with those people? They begin to get treated like you're treated. Then the next thing they do, they come to you and say, forgive me for the way I treated you. You don't have to try to do nothing to get nobody to look at you. Because God already see you. God takes care of his own. That's why he says, shh, don't say nothing. You don't have to say nothing with that matter. When you know you're innocent, why try to prove yourself? Because it don't make no difference, y'all. The world see you guilty. I don't care how innocent you are. So this is why we have to honor those that are in authority. And when we honor those that are in authority, people will begin to see God through us. And they will begin to see how they're acting because we're not doing what they do. Y'all, we think the world owe us something. <laughs> That's what we think. I was watching last night an episode of, um, what do you call that, honey, we was watching? Andy Griffin. I said, Lord, you get me every time. And in this episode, they were in church. And the choir was singing. And all of a sudden, the, the preacher got up and he said, you know, somebody has passed on and they have left us some money, $500, and we're going to decide how we need to use this $500. He said, you know, the treasurer, the finance um, person, and me, we're going to come together and see how we can use that money, but we're going to have y'all telling us how we can, that money can benefit the church. So Aunt B, she got up, she presented her case. We need choir robes. And um, we go different places and we don't go there because we don't have on the right attire to represent this church. So we need choir robes. She demonstrated the robe, how much it was going to cost, $487. And then here go the other gentleman. He said, okay, the church foundation, he said it's shifted so we can get this foundation back right with this amount of money. We can use this to get the foundation right. So he, they said, we need to work on the foundation. So the pastor said, I agree. The foundation need to come first. Because if you don't fix the foundation, you ain't going to have nowhere to wear the choir robes. So then the other lady that was the treasurer, she said, well, I agree with Aunt B. They need some robes. They need to be together with those robes. So Andy had to make the final decision. So he looked at his Aunt B. He said, we'll get back with you with the decision. But this is what Aunt B told him. She told him, if you don't agree to get those robes, we're not going to sing no more. Y'all, what kind of mess is that in the house of God? We're not going to sing no more and you won't have no choir. But Andy told them, he said, you know what? We're going to get the foundation done because we need the foundation done. But the man that saw Aunt B, he, he had compassion on her. So he was saying, can we figure out a way that we get the foundation and, and get the robes too? Because he wanted everybody to have what they wanted. So he thought he had figured out a way. So he, they said, okay, we'll do it your way. So they got the robes. We're going to go over this in this church to let you know how God wanted to be. It ain't about the people voting. And I'm going to prove it to you through the word. This is why churches are messed up. Because they get people that don't even know God to say what need to be done and how it need to be done. And their finances messed up. They don't know how to orchestrate their house, but they want to come in the house of God and tell people what need to be done and how it need to be done. And it better be done that way. We're going over that. And I'm going to show you that's not God's way. And this is why churches now look at Miracle Temple and say, y'all don't even know what's going on with your finances. Y'all supposed to have member meeting. Nah. Y'all going to know how it's run in the Bible. We're going to show you all of that. And then you're going to know why it was put this way. When you don't understand why people doing things, you don't just do it because they're doing it. Because if it's not God's way of doing, it will be wrong. 
But we're dealing with how God said those that are over you, that have rule over you, you're supposed to do what? Obey them. You're supposed to do what? Submit to them. Even when you don't like it, you submit, right? Then it goes on to say in verse 7, pay everyone what you owe them. Taxes to those you owe taxes. Y'all hear that? Fees, tolls to those you owe fees and tolls. Respect, reverence, fear to those you owe. Respect, reverence, fear, and honor to those you owe. Honor. Do not owe people anything except always love each other because the person who loves others have obeyed all, fulfilled the law. Love is what does it all. When you have the love of God in you, you do what God is telling you to do. Anybody in here that does not pay their taxes, there is a penalty. They garnish your wages. They do what they have to do to what? Get those taxes from you. And we have to understand why we pay taxes. And I want to tell y'all why we pay taxes. The government do what? They tax us. Why do we do it? The money you pay in taxes go to many places. In addition to paying the salaries of the government workers, your tax dollars also helps to support common resources, police, and firefighters. Tax money helps to ensure that roads you travel on are safe and well-maintained. Tax funds, public libraries, and parks. Tax are also used to fund many types of government programs that help the poor and less fortunate as well as many schools. The taxes that we pay help welfare folk. The taxes that we pay help people with food stamps. The taxes that we pay help people that are in government offices get paid. So we quit paying our taxes. People won't have a job. But we pay taxes, don't we? To help. To help people. To help them with salaries, to firefighters. If you don't understand why you're doing things, you're going to talk against it. This is why people talk against the church, because they're not getting taught what we need to be doing. We can go pay our taxes. We can help. And I'm going to say this, and I I don't have anything against people on welfare, people on food stamps, nothing. I don't have anything. We can fund people that just wait for food stamps. That wait for you to pay their rent. But when it comes to the church, pastor don't need it, the church don't need it, but you see people not working, having men, laying up with them, and you giving them your money. How about that, y'all? Some of them get about a thousand dollars a month in food stamps. How you think they're getting it? You helping. I got somebody to be fired mad. They be mad. They be like, I'm tired of this. They're coming over this border. I'm paying. <laughs> They're taking my money. Because they realize in all the taxes they have to pay. But that's when the love of God come in, right? Y'all better understand where your money going. People talking against the church. But do you realize where your money is going? That's why they collect taxes. So when you understand where your money is going, when it's time to give to the house of the Lord, we should be giving with joy. We shouldn't be like other people. When we don't have no understanding, we speak our mind. We speak whatever we want to speak. Say what we want to say when it comes to the house of God. You got to show me where this money is going. Have anybody been in anybody's house and they got a thousand dollars worth of food stamps and you go follow them and say, show me where my tax money going. Show me that you ain't selling these food stamps. If you don't show me, I ain't paying no more taxes. You got to pay them taxes. Period. Hmm. Let's back up, back this up with the word about obeying authority. If y'all go in the book of Daniel, Daniel was one that believed God, that stood on God's word, but Daniel went into captivity. We know that they went into captivity because they were not obeying what God was telling them to do. So they were sent into captivity. So Daniel was up under the rule of a king that was not serving God. Is that not right? He was in Babylon. So he was up under their rule. And when he came in up under their rule, they had to learn their ways of doing things. 
But in chapter one of Daniel, it was saying that the king only wanted them to eat the way he eats. But Daniel knew he couldn't do that. But guess what Daniel did not do? In verse eight, chapter one, verse eight, it says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested, y'all listen at this, of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, he didn't get in that man's face and say, I'm not eating that. Did y'all see, does that say that Daniel got in his face and said, I'm not eating that. The Bible say he requested. And guess what else it said? God gave him some favor. He didn't go in that man's face and say, I'm not doing that. He believed God, that God knew his heart. He already purposed in his heart that he's not going to defile himself because it's against the laws of God. So what God did was he changed the people's hearts. You do not get in your boss's face and tell them what you ain't doing because you say sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You do like Daniel did. Daniel didn't try to throw off what he believed on them. He just requested. So see, there's a way that you deal on these jobs. By the way, you know, some people go on jobs. I ain't working on no Sunday. Do you hear what I say? I got news for some people. You don't even come to church sometime on Sunday. Why are you using Sunday? God already know your heart. You just want people to know you saved. Some people don't even show up on Sunday and get on these jobs. I ain't working on Sunday. Why? Because you partying on Saturday. And you resting on Sunday. I'm fired up tonight, y'all. It's just the word. The word will fire you up. And I'm shooting with my best shot. Holy Ghost is shooting up in here. Let's quit using God. See, this is what Daniel did. And I had to show you this with Daniel. There's a way to handle things on your job without trying to throw the word to make people think that you so set apart and you ain't. So Daniel requested that. God gave Daniel favor. And guess what? God proved himself. See, when God gives you favor on that job, God's going to show up and show out, and you're going to look better than the ones on the job, and they're going to know, man, that had to be God. So he got the favor. The king looked at them, and the king knew that they were better (laughs) than all the rest of them. That's what God does. And this is what we supposed to do, y'all. We don't demand nothing. We just go to God and say, God, you know my heart. You know. You know, I don't want to work on Sundays. God, that's not what I want to do. My heart is to be in the house of God because God, you know what I need every Sunday. That's what apostle did. Apostles, she sought the Lord and she asked the Lord. She said, Lord, you know my heart. You know I love being in church. Lord, they want me to work on Sunday. God, what would you have me to do? And the apostle told you what she she had told me. She said, I got enough vacation time. I'm going to put in for every Sunday off. And I said, you don't have to. Because God know your heart. God's going to give you your heart because you delight in yourself in him. And he will give you your heart's desire guess what? He gave it to him. Because God will show you what to say and how to say it and when to say it. So when we trust him and not ourselves, we don't have to go on a job and act like we more sanctified than anybody else. That's pride. And if God say, you know what? Go ahead and work those Sundays. Go ahead and obey them because I know your heart already worked it out for you. Hear the spirit of the living God. Hear what he has to say before you open your mouth. And God will fix it for you. So we see that Daniel honored God. If you go in the book of Daniel, you see how him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they honored God. They still respected the person that was over them, but they let them know, this is whom I serve. So it's a right way and a wrong way. To do things, and we want to do it whose way? God's way. Now, when it say about paying taxes, when Jesus spoke to them in Matthew 22, 
we went over this, verse 17 through 21, they were trying Jesus. They was going to see how Jesus was going to answer when they say, do they pay taxes to Caesar? And he says, whose inscription is on that coin? They say Caesar. He said, pay to Caesar that you owe Caesar. Pay to God that you owe God. So he never said not to pay taxes, did he? So some people are trying to use that and not pay, your, pay their taxes. Can't get blood out of a turnip, please. We have to pay home we owe. We owe no man nothing but to love them. When you take something from someone, you are obligated to the person that you have taken it from. You are up under a contract. That means you do what that contract tells you to do because it is binding. So we need to stop as saints looking at people that are over us and thinking we're over them. We need to do what they're telling us to do. But if it's something that's going to have us to commit murder, you know you're not going to do that. So let's don't try to come up with stuff and say, well, they done me like this and done me like this and done me like that. Sometimes we get into feelings. Sometimes they will embarrass you in front of people. But that brings stuff out of you that's already in you. So the first part of this teaching, I want y'all to understand that God ordains authority. God has set up authority. He has set up rule over us. But we know God is the highest ruler. But he have put people in place for us to submit and obey. This is the word. Amen. So this is the first part of this. We need to search ourselves and say, God, who have you put rule over me that I'm not submitting to? Because if you don't submit to them, the Bible tell you, you're not submitting to God. Because this is the way that God sets up things. Amen. Now, do anyone have anything to say about that before we close? Come on, Tiffany. Yes, ma'am. So, as you guys know, I um, teach the EC class at Berg Elementary. And this year, I have, of course, new students, and it's been a great challenge. And my TA's last day was Friday, so... I was starting to feel a little anxiety because I'm like, it's already a challenge for two of us. My new TA is leaving. I don't have another one coming in yet. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just like, Lord, you know, I want to do my best by these kids. I can't do it on my own. I need you. I needed extra help, you know, ever since we started. But, you know, that hadn't happened. Um, but, you know, I just, I'm like, I just need you, you know. My heart's desire for you and to serve these children. Well, on Monday, I not only got a TA to, you know, fill the position of um, my former TA. Um, so, I, well, I'm sorry, a sub. I got two subs. So there was three of us in the room on Monday. And then today, when I got to school, there was a mix-up in the schedule. So it ended up being four people in the room. So I was like, well, praise the Lord. You know, I was like, I never imagined this happening. And people might, you know, think I'm crazy for testifying, but that just meant more than anything. Ms. Waddell knows my struggles, but um, I just praise him and I thank him so much for the extra help that he sent me that I never thought I would get. But what did you do first? I I submitted myself to God. I was just like, you know, I I admitted to him, Lord, you know, he knows my heart desire, how well I want to do you know, toward him and those kids, serving the kids. So I, I just had to throw my hands up and trust him and just confess to him what I needed. Amen. And he made it happen, like, <laughs> more, yeah, better than I would have imagined. And look, Tiffany, you could have been one marching to the principal office. You can take this job and shove <laughs> Who you think I am? Yeah. I'm only one person, but you didn't do that. No, See I what don't. I'm saying? Some of us get out of who we are. But when she turned that over to God, God knew her heart was for those children. And look what God did. Oh, he did that. More than enough. More than, he's a more than enough God. Oh, yeah. Amen. Good testimony. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on, Teresa. 
Let us pray for the school. Yes. <laughs> Um, so last week, last week was a struggle for me, um, because I work in my office in the mornings, and then I switch with the bookkeeper, and I come to the front desk in the afternoon, so me and her switch off. Well, she was out, um, last week. She had death in the family, um, so I was up front all week. Um, and I do student records, so new students coming in, um, students going out, it's always a turnaround every day, and it be, by it being the beginning of the year, it's like full speed ahead, like my grandbaby said, it's on 100, <laughs> so it's been on 100 since we began school, um, and then we were out, so we come back, and it was just like starting all over again, but anyway. Um, I was told I was going to get some help up front so that I could do my what I needed to do because up front I cannot do anything that I need to do from what I need to do. Um, but I never got any, and I didn't ask. I just kept on. I was frustrated, but I kept praying. The phones rang left and right. We have two phones. I have a phone for the public call in, and then I have the phone for the um, in-house that call, then I have a walkie, and and the door, and all three, all four of those things were going off at one time. It was like clockwork. Walkie-talkie, hello, could you hold please? Front desk, what can I do for you? Answer the door, and it was just like that. Um, so by Wednesday, I'm very frustrated, and I'm like, you know what? I was told I was going to get some help. I ain't got no help. I had already planned in my mind. I didn't say it out my mouth. I planned in my mind Thursday. If I didn't get no help by 9.30, I was going to clock out and go home. I was going to say I was sick. And I'm like, Lord. Now you... And I was sat there for a while. And the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, Lord, that is not right. Lord, that ain't me. I can't do that. Lord, you got to help me because I can't do this. So that day, um, that Thursday come, and I kept watching the clock, watching the clock, watching the clock, and I was like, I can't do that. I can't leave these people. Because in my mind, I'm going to clock out. And since they said they was going to get me some help, well, if ain't nobody up here, then they got to get somebody to come up here. But it just ain't going to be me because I would be home. But I listened, humbled myself, I prayed, and I asked the Holy Spirit to help me and show me what to do because I knew that wasn't the right thing to do. And I humbled myself, and I still didn't get, well, I did get some help. Um, a few of them came up, and they relieved me, and I got to go get me some lunch, and I got to go to the bathroom and do, you know, different little things. But I was still back up there, and I came back. I went to lunch. I came back on time. Um, I didn't stay out, you know, any longer than I was supposed to. But just when you were talking, it brought back to my remembrance how, you know, when we take it to God, no matter how we're feeling or no matter how we're being treated or whatever, when we take it to God, then, and we humble ourselves to him and he'll take care of it and he'll put in us what we need to get through and to be able to stand. Amen. Amen. Come on, Tiffany. Um, you know, people in general will ask, well, hey, how are things going? I know it's the beginning of the year. How are things going? And I can't lie. I'm like, honey, it's a struggle. <laughs> but we're making it. We're making it. <laughs> and then, you know, I just get into conversation with people. I let them know what's going on. And, they, you know, they'll uh, suggest, oh, you need to go get a massage. And I'm like, honey, I ain't never been. I know we talked about, you know, letting people, different people do, you know. But um, long story short, they're like, you need to get a massage. I was like, I, I never had one of those done professional. You know, I got in a car accident one time and had one. Well, today, after uh, Malaya's last dance class, you know, this lady, she works for Pentecostal Schools, and I met her a long, a long time ago at the dance center, and she's saved, and we always end up talking about, you know, things in Jesus. Well, she said, hey, walk to my car with me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you, you know me. Um, so we got in her truck, and she blessed me with a gift card for $125 to go to Massage Envy. 
And I was just in awe. I was like, are you serious? Well, she hugged me when we were in the dance studio, and she rubbed a spot in my back. I said, oh, that feels so good right there. That one little spot, I got so much tension. And then we kept talking, with, and that's when she asked me to walk to her truck, and she gave me a, a gift card for $125 to massage Envy. And I was just like, whoa. I just well, we really pray that God have the right one in there. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> right. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good, y'all? Come on, deacons. Don't God give us what we need? We have no excuse, Miracle Temple. 